Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't know, So and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Marlins are still in the hunt for the wild card spot. The Dolphins lose the preseason game, but it doesn't matter at all. And Messi's gonna carry into Miami into their first championship. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. And I'm back in the building with my main man, Joel. What up, player? What to do, so? Aki, man, you know, living the life of a thousandaire. I'm a McMillionaire, you know what I mean? So I'm living that kind of life. I like Even that. though they don't have the McDonald's, the McDonald's menu, they don't really have a dollar menu anymore, bro. You can't really be a McMillionaire anymore these days. They don't, they don't, dog. And it's almost a damn shame, you know what I'm saying? Because you could have got yeah. like a cheeseburger for 60 cents and shit like that. Like, it, it saved a lot of lives. It saved a lot of lives. Dog, a McChicken is two fifty these days, Papa. No cheese. No cheese. <laughs> it's expensive, dog. Fun. It's expensive. Yeah. It's, it's, hey, it's, but before we get into everything today, I just... I just want to say, uh, on behalf of us in the show, I apologize for not being in the studio today, and uh, you're going to get a little bit subpar quality on the audio and the connection and all that stuff, uh, but just kind of hang with us and uh, bear with us here. It's all right, doggy. You know what I'm saying? If anything, uh, this just shows our commitment to this show. You know what I'm saying? We're 150 episodes deep, and um, yeah, we're just going to keep the train rolling, dog, and and doing what we do best, right? Which is talk sports and 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 bring that Miami flavor to it, dog. So a salute to us on the journey of the podcast. You know what I'm saying? 150 is a nice little milestone. We dropped the 365 video today, which is doing amazing numbers. So like, it's a it's a good spot we're at, man. It's a good spot we're at. But I have to. I'm start fun, this, dog. Yeah, man. I have to start this show off, Joel, with a salute to recent inductee into the Hall of Fame. One Dwayne Wade Johnson, uh, no, just Dwayne Wade. Um, you know, this this dude, dog, for me personally, he he really changed how I view sports. You know what I'm saying? I was never really a guy that was into the player names or or anything like that. I was I was more about the team. But when Dwayne Wade came to the Heat, it, I was all about the way, dog. You know what I'm saying? And I was convinced that he was the best player on the planet. I was convinced that he was one of the uh, the greatest of all time. And I was and I was convinced that he was going to be a legend for the Heat. And uh, he's been all of those things, dog. And for him to get his due credit, right, by making the the Hall of Fame over the weekend, having Adam Iverson, uh, who's a legend in his own right, you know, induct him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, was pretty cool to see, man. And for for me personally, bro, it, it I, I wouldn't be so heavily into basketball. I wouldn't love basketball as much without my two biggest influences of basketball, which is one, Michael Jordan, obvious, right? And uh, number two has to be Dwayne Wade. So shout out to him. Oh yeah, man, Dwayne Wade is the man. I mean, if you're a three hundred five or if you're a real Heat fan, you were you were watching what was going on this weekend with him and uh, his inauguration. Um, it's awesome. It's unbelievable. Uh, that means we have two two players now from that same uh, class, and, and Bosch and now Wade. Uh, we're just waiting for the third member to retire so that he can finally get inducted to right finally. away. 
<laughs> and, uh, and that'll be a full circle moment where they'll all be there, I'm sure, in the way that Adam Iverson was there and all that. Very yeah. cool night, very cool moment. Congrats to D-Wade, man. Um, you know, can't, can't wait to see what, what the future has in store for him now. A legend, bro, for real. Like, I, you know, you, we used to kid about this shit, dog, and be like, oh, that guy needs a statue in front of the building. But nah, nah, for real, for real, we need to build a statue of D-Wade in front of the... For whatever you want to call the arena, whatever. Well, called, what would be the statue? Man, it, I, if I had to pick a moment, if I had to pick a moment, it would be the Verjao dunk. When he dunked it on Verjao, I think that was a very big, big moment in his career. But if you do one moment, I think it has to be when he hit that floater in his first um, playoff game over uh, Baron Davis, right? And kind of solidified himself as the real deal here for the Heat and, and carried us to that playoff victory series against the Charter Hornets. What would you pick? You're thinking about particular, I mean, you're putting good arguments particular games, you know. I was thinking more so, like, if you got to replicate that in, in the form of some sort of statue, you know what I mean? Like, what captures Dwayne Wade's essence, you know? And you can, you can do... You know, maybe maybe him doing a crossover. You know what I mean? Like in, in motion, like a, you know, or, I'm sorry, a, a Euro step. That's that was his, you know, his move. Or you could do uh, Dwayne Wade standing up on the announcer's table. This is my house. You know, you could do that. Or my personal favorite, honestly, D Wade pregame warm up, head through the hoop, dog. Damn, that'd be cool too. That'd be cool too. You know what I mean? Because that would be like if you know D Wade and you're a real heat. D Wade fan, like you know that he does those things, you know what I'm saying? Which though those moments were. Um, but you're talking about you know a guy who has so many great moments here as a heat and and giving the fans like years and years of entertainment. Um, just being honestly, man, the, the best basketball player we've had down here in the heat uniform. I don't care about LeBron, I don't care about Shaq. All of those guys are great individually in their own right, but when you're talking about Die hard day one heat. That's Dwayne Wade, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like we drafted him, he retired here. Like he's heat culture. He is the heat culture, man. So uh yeah, Dwayne Wade, man. What a legend. What a legend, dog. What a legend. So yeah, that was my five minute rant. The flash. D Wade, Flash. There's so many nicknames, and he deserves all of them. Um, but you know what? We gotta kick the show off, dog, with a team that's been Pretty fucking hot on their own right, man. And that's the Marlins, who we had pegged for death, right, after their terrible start to the second half of the season. They've come back ripping and roaring. They're now 63-57 and um, on the season after a big win tonight on the road uh, at home, excuse me, against the Houston Astros 2-1. to one. Uh, Joel, when we talked about this Marlins team, we, we were kind of wondering if the season was over for them. Uh, it doesn't feel like that today. What do you think – uh, is is one of those biggest factors. You think that these guys have finally woke up, or you think it's the trades? Um, I think that they a little bit of both. You know, I think we're seeing production in the trades. You know, obviously, uh, I want to get into it, and, and I will now. But the most recent uh, game against the Yankees that they played on Sunday, uh, where you know uh, Jake Berger had the walk off for us. You know, that's a guy that we acquired. Right, right at the deadline. Uh, another guy that's playing big for us is uh, Bell. Josh Bell is uh, is having, you know, a, a so far a great run as a Marlin in a, in a short tenure. So, you know, you're you're definitely seeing the trades, but you're also seeing our team, you know, waking the fuck up. 
it, you know, I'm sorry. I got you know, I got to put it that way because that's kind of what it seems like. And even in this, you know, in this little run that we're making right now, there's still moments where it's like, well, what are these guys doing? You know, they're not playing to what they should be playing to. But it's nice to see that we're winning games again. Yeah, it's 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 it was needed, man, because. Like for all the emotional investment that was done into the team, and besides the obvious dollars and cents that get thrown into this team, uh, we made a couple of trades. Like we had seen the moves develop, right, to kind of for the betterment of this team, and we didn't necessarily see that come to fruition right out the gate in the All Star after the All Star break. But this team looks like it, it found its swagger back. And when we talk about Berger and Bell, those are two guys who have been very productive in the month of August. You know what I mean? Um, Bell himself has 12 hits, four home runs, ARBIs, hit another home run today in today's 5-1 victory against Houston. So you're starting to see the pieces come together, and that's what really intrigues me the most about this team because, man, if, if they can really hang on to this to playing this type of baseball, like they could realistically be one of the teams that make the wild card because right now they're, only, they're even as far as the wild card standing goes, but... Who knows? Yeah, but we have a great closer in Robinson. We have great pitching. It start it's Sandy, who pitched an amazing game over the weekend against the Yankees. Um, it just feels like everything's happening at the right time for the Marlins, man. <laughs> Did I lose you there? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. And winning series again, right? I mean, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry. I have a terrible connection where I am, man. Go ahead, go ahead. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. You got me? Hello. All right, we're gonna put Joel on mute. We're gonna remove him for a sec. Are you here? He's gonna join us, get his connection straight. But for me, like a lot of that has to do with um how how the Marlins can really integrate integrate these guys into the lineup. And one of the guys on the Marlins broadcast said it perfectly. He said that this Marlins team now has depth. There seems to be some type of cohesiveness. There seems to be some type of levels of different lineups that you can put out. And that's just going to help a guy like Skip Schumacher make those lineup adjustments, make those different um, changes here and there on who's playing what or who's batting where. Even for Arias, you know, Luis, Luis Arias was batting up in the lineup starting off. Uh, he kind of went through a little cold spell. And Schumacher dropped him a little bit into the into the third spot. And ever since he did drop Luis Arias into the third spot, Luis Arias has been playing excellent. Um, Joel, I was just telling the people that Berger and Bell have been playing great in the month of August. But Skip Schumacher has also made a couple of small little tweaks, right, including dropping Arias from first to third that have really benefited the team. Yeah, I lost you again, so. God damn it. <laughs> We're going to put Joel on timeout for right now, man. Um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much my point with this Marlins team. Like, they're in the wild card hunt. It's it's very important that they continue to feed off the positive um, performances that they're getting. Like, we talked about um, earlier with Sandy, right? On Saturday, he pitched a career, uh, his 12th career um, complete game. Uh, not only did he make it a career game for himself by winning that 12th game, but you know, he, he allowed 10 hits, um, five hits, excuse me, struck out 10 batters, a one earned run, only walked two players. And that was his first home win since, you know, Minnesota on April 4th. 
once once you see Sandy put performances up like this, then it, it kind of gives you that hope that this team can really do it, you know? And if they can give you that hope that that Sandy can be better, Lozardo can be better, all of these guys can can continue to pitch and pick up the pace, then it just means that this team is really going to make a push towards the, the playoffs, which is ultimately what we want. Right now, like I said, they're 63 and uh, 57. What's up, Joel? You got me? I hope so, bro. I don't know what's up with this horrible <laughs> Wi-Fi. No shots right. out to the hotel, but this uh, hotel Wi-Fi in Pensacola is awful. It's all right, man. Um, th- thankfully, we're only talking about the Marlins and nothing too, too serious. Yeah, but, well, <clears throat> yeah, go for it. Finish up. I was just going to say, like, um, you know, I mentioned Bell and Berger helping out a lot. I mentioned Skip Schumacher yep. dropping Luisa Reyes in the lineup and, and what positive effect that had. But most importantly, Sandy Alcantara, his complete game on Saturday versus the Yankees was was what we need to see from Sandy. Not maybe complete games, but like that dominance of pitching, right? Yeah. Yeah, knowing that he can, bro. I mean, this is a guy coming off of a side young year, you know, and, and we would like to – not that we want to put him in situations where he needs to do that, but it's nice to know that every once in a while he can do that if we need him to in a playoff game perhaps or a game with playoff implications. Um, you know, and then – I mean, I, I really want to make sure that we, you know, while I have Wi-Fi and I'm still connected, I talk about this final game against the Yankees in that series um, at home. And, you know, a game that we were out of it, uh, most part, man. And, you know, from the very beginning and found a way to, you know, claw ourselves back literally and win our 27th game of the year by one run. Uh, you know, you see that, you, that tells you that this team is never really out of it, honestly. No, you're talking about scoring five. I don't know how much of that you got, line. but I, hope I got all of it. Got we, got, of it. <laughs> we got all of it. We got all of it, brother. Um, you're fine. You're fine now. Um, but yeah, that that come from behind victory was impressive. You know, like I said, Martin scored five in the bottom of the ninth to complete the comeback, and it's it's more in the sense of how they did it. You know, they 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 really seem to believe in themselves and not really give up on these games. You know, it starts with Berger getting a, a single, and then. He brings in Bell, and then Arias moves up, and then you get a home run, and then, you know, you get uh, Jazz Chisholm to get on base, and then, boom, things start to snowball, and the Marlins put a team who's struggling, like the Yankees, into into their position and say, you know what, we're going to beat you guys, we're going to take this game and win our third game in a row. Now, the Marlins have turned that into four games in a row now after beating Houston tonight 5-1 to one off the strength of excuse me, Jorge Soler, Luis Arraez, and uh, Bell, both, all three of them, Josh Bell hitting consecutive homers in the eighth inning to put, you know, that space between themselves and Houston. This Marlins team, Joel, if it makes the playoffs, would you say that it's probably top three best stories of the year in baseball? I don't know. I can't really speak to that, honestly, as the, uh, you know, the, the guy that's biased to the Marlins pretty much only, you know, I don't keep up with the rest of the MLB. There might be other stories out there that are better, uh, but to me, this is the only story I care about. I'll tell you that right now, because I'll, I'll be honest, you know, sitting there at the Yankees game on Sunday, having a conversation with some people, you know, I was telling them, Hey, you know, honestly, if we finish the year at 500, I'll be happy at this point, you know, based on the schedule we have ahead of us, based on, you know, everything else, you know, all, all things the same, you know, 
the trends that we're seeing, you know, that's kind of what, what I was feeling right then. And then, you know, now after that rally win, come from behind, that's two games that I've been to in the last two weeks where we rally and come from behind and and win. Um, You know, it's, 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 it's reassuring again to be a modern fan and go, all right, we got some guys that can make some magic happen. You know, they can capture some lightning in a bottle at the right time. And, and and win some big games, you know. And I I don't know what bigger game I you know I've been to than that Yankees game. And when half or if not more than half the stadium was full of Yankees fans who were all leaving all high and mighty right around the eighth inning, and uh, I'm sure they got in their car and realized that their beloved team just lost to the Marlins. Yeah, and in, in the worst form uh, possible, right? Like that come from behind victory shit sucks, dude, to go through, man. But for this Marlins team, man, I'm really excited to see, you know, how how far they can carry this momentum. They got a lot of energy. The, they brought Yuri Perez back. They're 5-1 and one since they did. That's no coincidence. We said it earlier on the podcast. You know what I mean? I was excited to see him play on Sunday, but he did struggle a little bit. And it makes sense. You know, a guy that was in his groove before they took him, you know, they put him down. And then now they bring him back up and he's facing, you know, a hot team and, and a hot pitcher and Cole on the other mound. You know what I mean? It was, it was a tough matchup for him, but luckily, you know, he didn't give up too many mistakes. I, I did see him bounce back after the home run uh, he gave up early on and then he had an immediate strikeout, you know? So it's good to see a young kid be able to bounce back like that and, and shake that kind of stuff off. Yeah. And show that he belongs, right. And show that he has the stuff that can compete on the major league level and be a contributing factor to a st- to a staff that's full of veterans. You know what I'm saying? It includes a Cy Young winner. So anything that we can get from Yuri, man, whether it's wins or valuable innings, shit, we'll take it, man. Um, the Marlins, they got the rest of this home series against Houston Astros. Go check the guys out, man. Trust me. You, 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 a, you're not going to get your money. You're not going to get a bigger, better bang for your buck than going to a Martin's game right now. That's for damn sure. And plus, you, you're going to see some pretty good baseball being played down here. And then um, they're off this weekend to go play some baseball in California. They're going to be playing against the L.A. Dodgers Thursday and Friday. And then they'll be in San Diego back when we're in the studio Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. But for the Martins, man, they just got to keep pushing. You know, like I said, they're in the hunt for the wild card. Um, literally one game behind, so a, a game behind San Francisco. Philadelphia's two and a half games above them. Let's see what Philly can do tonight at the time of recording. So Marlins definitely have a shot to really make this wild card their spot and get a well-deserved, and I would say a top three story, uh, to making the wild card, man, from a team that didn't even <laughs> expect to win 50 games this year. Get out of here. Uh, let's, let's flip it on over to the Dolphins, man. Um, we had our dry run for, for only fans, right? Because we got to actually cover a live game, uh, working on some new stuff for the show. And what we saw was a 19-3 loss to the Atlanta Falcons. But more importantly in that game, Joel, we saw good things and bad things. What were some of the good things and some of the bad things that you saw in that game? Um, good things, like we talked about on OnlyFans, which you guys won't get to see because it was a practice run, but Trust me, you're going to love the new format that we got coming for you this season um, and the additions that we're adding. Um, but the things that we loved on the show, I mean, Cam Smith, uh, the rookie cornerback uh, that we drafted all over the field, you know, a couple of mistakes, you know, obviously mistakes are going to be made, but I'm looking more so at, at his ceiling and what he can achieve when he's on the field and what he can contribute when he's out there for us. And we saw both 
you know, great tackles out in the open field as well as batted passes. And for a Dolphins cornerback team, cornerback unit that was struggling last year, it's it's reassuring to see that, you know, it looks like the guy we drafted for this is 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 turning out to be a good one. For sure. And and you know, something that you didn't mention was his speed. This dude is really fast and has that closeout speed. There was that one uh play that I put on the on our Instagram page where you see him coming across the field to dive to get himself into position and bat the ball down, one of his four deflections of that game. Uh you normally don't see rookies a pick up on the, the speed of the game that quick and be the positioning of the game, right? You kind of always find them being lost and not necessarily being in the right position at the right time. This dude has has shown that he can do it on the field. And there was a lot of talk about Cam Smith in the training camp uh weeks prior to this game. But to see it on the field against you know talent that's NFL ready or at least competition, NFL competition, it, it's exciting to see what the, the future holds for this kid, man. Um, I know he had that little shoulder injury. Uh, I think they're holding him out for the next game against uh, Houston just to kind of be safe and let him get really healthy and get ready for the season because if he can be this type of player, there's there's a good reason to believe that he may get that third starting spot as a corner or be that first guy coming in on that dime package. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were throwing that to me right there. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, dog. I'm totally with you. Um, I was just having the thought because you had asked, you know, the good, the bad, you know, the, the good the, was Cam Smith. The was bad the was our O-line, dog. Our O-line was terrible. It just looked so bad throughout the night. And we had starters in there, so that's yeah. concerning. Yeah. Yeah, that was very concerning for me as well, Joel, because like you mentioned, when you have starters in the in in the preseason, normally you're looking to give them some type of rhythm. You're not necessarily looking for answers, and it felt like the Dolphins were looking for answers when it came to this old offensive line. Um, we saw both quarterbacks, uh, Mike White and Skyler Thompson, both running around for their lives. They both took bad sacks, and like the offensive line just didn't generate anything that you can consider healthy or good for 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 a game, right? Especially for a preseason game. It really concerns me, Joel, because at the end of the day, our most valued possession is is Tyreek Hill, um, excuse me, uh, Tua. Without Tua, we, the offense doesn't really generate as much power as it could, right? But if we can't protect Tua, and we know the issues he's had with his injuries, I don't know how we can feel confident in saying that this offense is going to be able to produce like we know they can week in, week out without, without some type of good O-line play. It's just, it's very disheartening to see right now, man. And, and we did see some glimpses of good O-line play. And, you know, we, those were proven by big runs by Miles Gaskin, you know, who looks really good. That guy's competing for a, a, a roster spot. Um, and, you know, and, and a couple passes, you know, where the quarterbacks, whether it was um, Mike White or Scotter Thompson, had s- some time to make some plays. And we, we saw some glimpses of it, man. But the issue is you, you can't be streaky when you're an offensive line. You have to be consistent. You have to hold it down. You know what I mean? You look at the powerhouses of offensive lines, you know, whether it's the Cowboys or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, the, the the Packers or, you know, anybody, the, the, the Titans, you know, these guys, man, that, that 
that, that they're beasts, man. And they, you know that they're not going to give up those big plays and they're not going to, you know, they're all not going to give up those stupid penalties either, man. I don't know how many dumb penalties we saw. Granted, first preseason game, you know, a lot of second and third unit guys, but that's some shit we got to get together, man. We all got to be on the same page. Absolutely. And and there's no excuse for that, right? Even early on in the season, you want to be a team that's disciplined. You want to be a team that knows what it is that they're doing out there in any given situation, regardless of who's playing. Because if anything, you know, last that last year showed us is that at any given time, somebody's going to go down and we're going to need a backup to step up. Regardless of the position, regardless of the name, regardless of whatever number that guy wears, somebody's going to go down and we're going to need somebody to step up. The person stepping up has to be on the same page. Maybe the talent level is not the same, but you need to know all these things and have that discipline. And that's going to be a big thing for this Dolphins team. Uh, we talked about the quarterback position. And I, before we jump on to anything else, I kind of wanted to get your ideas on how the guys look. Because for me, Mike White, I thought he was going to have more of a – uh, a connection with Barrios starting and all this stuff. But, you know, both him and Skylar Thompson showed flashes of things that they can do well, but it also showed a lot of bad flashes of what they can do wrong. Who do you think has the edge right now heading into this next game for the QB, second QB battle? Going strictly based off that that first preseason game, it's I think it's a coin flip, you know, as of right now between Skyler and Mike White. Uh, Mike White, you know, I, the way that I see him, he's more of a backyard football kind of guy, you know, a run and gun, uh, you know, you know, make a play, find an open guy. If not, get downfield, put your shoulder down, kind of guy. Um, and um, Skyler, Skyler is a guy that you know has been here already a year. You know, we've seen last year what he was able to do in the preseason. You know, he at least, I think, you know, deserves a chance to maybe start the game and not starting the second half. Um, you know, but either way, I think, you know, dude, both those guys are still competing for the number two spot behind Tua. Um, you know, I think that they, they need to make a couple of big plays. You know, I think either one of them, if one of them had a one touchdown, you know, a touchdown pass of some sort, we would have be going that. That guy right there is definitely number two, but we didn't really get much of that this game from either one. So, you know, there's still question marks around that. Yeah, for sure. And you're right. I think they are going to give Skyler Thompson the chance to uh, start. Why? And uh, it's there. It's there. It's just a little bit delayed. Hold on. I'll, I'll kick you out and bring you back in. Um, You know, Joel's right. He has, the, he has the right idea. You know, I think they do let him start. And let Skyler bounce back off that game and say, all right, now we're going to put you with the starters. Let's see if you can do something. If not, then I think they're just going to have to flip a coin and see which one is better on on game day, man. Because neither one of those guys gave me any type of inspiration or hope that they can be out and out the second QB behind Tua. I think they're still going to battle it out even throughout the regular season which leads to, you know, the importance of the offensive line playing that much better or at least having that much more cohesion because we need to to stay upright the entire season this year for sure in order for us to have that real playoff chance, man. Um, This Saturday, we get another preseason game. We're playing the Houston Texans who are starting a rookie. Um, C.J. Stroud, number two pick overall, starting a 4 p.m. game on Saturday. Any reservations, anything that you want to look forward to to this game? Um, the whole line. 
honestly, man, I want to see, you know, what that O-line, you know, improves week over week to week. Uh, you know, McDaniels, you know, he's, he's going to be, you know, using this to see what is valuable, who can do what out there besides the main guys. Uh, guys are going to be fighting for, for their roster spots. You know what I mean? Um, what I'm looking for as a fan is, is that, you know, can, can we contain, you know, that defense and, um, you know, protect our quarterbacks. And then also, can we get a turnover on defense? Honestly, that's kind of what I'm looking for too. I want to, I want to see these guys hungry for the ball. So I'd like to see a turnover on defense. Yeah, me too, man. And I think that we were close with Cam Smith. He was in position to make a couple of plays. But, yeah, I want to see turnovers now. I want to see the scheme take place, right, on the defensive side. And I want to see us take advantage of putting the right guys in the position or at least somebody punching the ball out, fumble recovery, something. I want to see the turnover start to happen more for this defense, man. Let's see what happens. Like I said, game yeah. two of the preseason is this Saturday, 4 p.m. against the Houston Texans. Don't miss it because we're going to be working on it in order to bring you a better version of OnlyFans, baby. Let's go. Um, before we wrap up on football, we got two, uh, you know, interesting signings that happened in the AFC East today. Dalvin Cook signs a one-year deal with the Jets and Ezekiel Elliott signs a one-year deal with the Patriots. Give me 30 seconds on why one would be better for the uh, for their team than the other. Uh, I think they're both washed. And uh, I think the Jets suck. And I think the Patriots suck. And I think we're going to dog both of them anyways. Um, nah, I I, I, uh, I think that that's the both of them, bro. You got veteran running backs, you know, guys that I, it seemed like, based on their contract, got a lot of incentives, you know, as far as performance. Like, hey, like, you know, we're not just going to pay you a shit ton of money to come here. You know, we're going to pay some to come here, but we're also going to pay you if you put in the work and, and produce. And they both have stacked running back rooms, which is interesting and has fantasy implications. I, I had the fantasy, you know, going in earlier on the TV, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're all in fantasy mode right now. Uh, you know, what it means for fantasy and, and Ramadre Stevenson and Michael Carter or Brees Hall for the Jets, you know, who knows? Uh, but as far as what the Dolphins need to look out for, it's, it's another guy. I mean, we saw Dalvin Cook cook us last year in, in one play for ADR, something he hadn't done the entire game. You know what I mean? We were able to contain him for 99% of his plays, but that one play, we couldn't contain him. He was able to break for a long touchdown. Uh, Zeke, you know, we, we know what kind of back he's been in his prime. I think he's a little bit regressed since then. I think he's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, not, not in his prime anymore, but who knows? He could have a, re, you know, a rejuvenation, you know, playing for a new team and a new, a new um, a head coach and all that stuff where he, he might want to put in some more work. So, and, ha and also having a guy like Ramondre Stevenson as the one, too, you know, that helps him out. So as far as the Dolphins go, man, we just got to keep doing our own thing. We can't worry about any one individual guy. I agree, brother, because I think that it just shows you that those teams recognize they need to have a running game in order to try to beat us because we were so good against the run last year. You need to have a really good running back to come against the Dolphins. If you don't, we're going to force you to throw it, you know, 30, 40, 50 times. And guess what? We got a bunch of ball hawks back there. So I, I think that's what that sign shows me, that the def the defense, you know, battle is being led by the Dolphins and the Bills for sure. Uh, before we end up the show, man, um, we got to talk about Inter-Miami and, you know, Lionel Messi. For me, this dude is definitely doing unprecedented things inside of Inter-Miami CF. But for, you know, I just think that at this point, 
what's stopping this guy from winning a trophy and bringing his, you know, a trophy to Inter Miami in, in his first season here or first couple of weeks here? Um, they're five and zero since he's gotten here, and this guy's just on fire, dog. Last time that we we talked, uh, last episode, I think we were. You said we were twelve points behind. Can you give us an update where we stand right now? We are right now in the semifinals of the League Cup tournament, which is um, uh, annual tournament between clubs in the MLS and clubs in the Mexican League, Liga MX. MX. Um, so right now we're in the semifinals. Another victory uh, puts us in the finals, obviously. And, you know, we're playing the Philadelphia Union, a team that we were going to play in the MLS, but they advanced, we advanced, so the game got postponed. And now it's a, uh, a game tonight by at 7 o'clock. Make sure you guys are watching that tonight. Obviously, Messi's on TV. People are going to be tuned in. But it, it just shows you how close, you know, not, not even how close, man. It's like the impact and how quickly things can change when you have a rare emerald, diamond, gem, whatever you want to call him, in Lionel Messi. Like, we went from a team that was struggling to get wins, struggling to get <laughs> a unicorn. Um, you know, struggling to get wins, struggling to to get attendance, struggling to get other players to come here. And then all of a sudden he shows up and everything changes. Everybody's playing better. People are taking cut rate deals to be here. The stadium is packed. People are selling fucking $400 tickets to go see Messi. You know what I mean? Like everything's changed for Miami. And now I think we have to look at the expectations of winning trophies. And and this League's Cup was probably is probably has to be the first domino to fall in order to Continue to build up that expectation that Messi brings. Uh, it's definitely the probably the hottest topic right now. I know the Marlins are doing well, and you know we're we're excited for that. And then the sure. Dolphins are are in their swing. But I think if you ask a random person in Miami, you know what are you into right now, sports wise? It's probably going to be one word: Messi. Messi. <laughs> uh, he's 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 uh. He's, he's changed everything for, you know, soccer here in Miami. You know what I mean? And I wish, you know what I wish so? I wish like the Marlins can get some sort of like polarizing player like that to, to get some fandom to the Marlins, you know, because obviously there's a bunch of Argentina fans that are fans of just Messi. But it, and now because Messi's on that team, it's like, hey, you know, by the transitive property of mathematics, like ipso facto, you're now a inner Miami CF fan, you know? So it's doing great things for the club. Um, I, I've yet to watch a game. I'll be honest with you. I just, I, I've seen all the highlights. They're disgusting. Uh, he's the GOAT for a reason. But uh, that game tonight, I'll, I'll probably be tuning in on Apple TV. And, you know, and, it's, and it's worth watching, obviously, besides the messy fact. Like, yeah, he's going to do some amazing shit. But, like, the rest of the team is really taking up to the challenge. You know, you think about Sergio Busquets and, and the, the solidifying – Defense that he plays on the team, Jordi Alba, and the and the defense and offensive threat that he can provide to the team. Joseph Martinez has been playing great. Robert Taylor has been playing great. All these dudes, man, are, have really stepped their game up since Messi's got here because they feel the the need to contribute to a team, right? You don't want to be dead weight against when you're playing with such a great player. You want to be contributing, and the more that you can contribute, the 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 more you're easing the burden on a guy like Messi to go out there and save us, right? And, and hit a big free kick or, or make a big goal or make the big good pass. So, yeah, man, it's exciting to see the level of play that the team is experiencing at the moment. And um, 
just it just leaves me wondering how much better can this team be, right? With more time being played, spending more time on the soccer field, spending more time practicing. Like these guys are about to get nasty and turn into a dynasty, dog. Yeah, that's that's the that's the exciting part is that this is only just the beginning. Like literally, you're watching the beginning of of a movie or you know the the first few chapters of a book, you know, unfold. And you gotta you you gotta really be paying attention to what's about to happen uh, with soccer here in the United States. Yeah, big time. You know, the leading goal scorer for Inter Miami FC uh, CF, excuse me, is um, Gonzalo Higuain, right? Argentinian dude, friends with Messi. He has 29 goals in 70 games, right? Leonardo Campana has second spot with 16 goals. Messi has eight goals in five games. Like, he's getting ready to not only smash that record, but, like, put it in an unreachable spot and be like, all right, this is my record. Nobody's ever touching this, okay? You guys leave it alone. <laughs> all right, that guy's a beast, bro. That guy's a beast. Man, he's a beast, man. He really is, dog. He really is. Um, but, yeah, man, that's, you know, we got to keep tuning into this guy because he's worth it. He's going to keep giving us um, the, the type of excitement that we like to see when it comes to sports especially from a sport like soccer, which is not necessarily for everybody, right? You got to be kind of accustomed to watch a game like that, man. But, um, yeah, it's time to rock. Joel, episode 150 is in the books. We got to get back to work. I know that it's getting late on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? We got to we gotta make it happen, dog. Anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off here? Uh, keep it pimping, pimping. 365 video. Go watch it. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tell. Oh, yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. The video is out. 365. I've had it ready for weeks. That's why I forgot to close it out with that. Um, but we finally uploaded it. We uploaded it and posted it. Um, I thought there's a couple good moments in there aside from, you know, the actual football, which is phenomenal. Uh, but some other, you know, sideline moments and things that happen. Um, so make sure you go check that out and tell a friend to tell a friend. Absolutely, man. Joel, thanks for joining me, brother. Appreciate it, dog. See you soon, man. Always. Always. Until next time, y'all. Peace.